Hello and welcome to Relaxed Mail. All right, so this episode, we're going to be talking about something that is going to dive a bit into uh, the political side. Uh, though I don't want it to be, I really, uh, even typing typing out the show notes, which are going to be long, I have a feeling that this is going to dive political side. I'm going to try to keep left and right out of the whole thing, but just want to kind of first give you a bit of a warning. Second of all, I'm going to try to keep this thing uh, clean, but this is something that I feel very passionate about. This is a, a topic that I see is being fought, and I this is one of the reasons why I did start up the site Relaxed Mail. And the topic that we're going to talk about is called the man box. And if you're not familiar with it, we're going to go into it more when I get uh, when the show actually starts. But anyhow, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Episode 29 of the uh, of the Rax Mail. It's called the man box. Hello and welcome to Relaxed Mail, a podcast that helps men change their relationship with themselves. I am your host, Brian, and I am a men's life and mindset coach who is here to help you understand that you don't have to suffer at your own expense. You can live your dream, and I encourage you to set, then pursue your goals. So join me as I change the mindset and attitudes of men so that they can be the leaders of their families and their destinies. Hey man, hello and welcome to Relaxed Mail. Okay, so uh, this one's going to be bit of a uh, a bit of a long one. I'm going to go ahead and not do the uh, question of the week because this this one here, if my if my show notes are any inclination, this may be a long discussion. Also, I'm going to try to keep it around where where it normally is. But I if I it blows past the thirty minute mark. It's going to go past the thirty-minute mark, and we're going to we're going to uh, dive into this uh, uh, fairly deeply. Also, uh, as I mentioned in the introduction, we're probably going to dive a little bit into uh, into some politics, and I'm not saying it to alienate anybody. I'm not trying to um, trying to say. Well, I am going to say my side is right on the topic of discussion because. If you're, if you're arguing something, you have the belief that your, that the side that you are arguing for is the right side. So it's just, that's just the nature of, of having a active discussion. And we're talking about the man box and the man box as a whole is just another way to describe toxic masculinity. And both of these terms just really grind my gears because I see this as people coming to a pro- addressing a problem through the victim mindset. And if you know anything about me, I can't stand a habitual victim, a person who wants to first claim uh, victimhood without first examining the fact that they may have actually had a, a hand at their victimization. Um, people who are habitually victimized, just they and and grand scheme of things are not um are not a a person who gets a lot of respect yet they want to have the have respect the through the fact and through their perceived virtue of just being the victim and i'm sorry but when you're the victim if you're a victim and you're a victim over and over and over again 
it's like saying if one person calls you an ass, you can ignore it. But if many people call you an ass, you might want to start looking for that saddle that's on your back. Because, well, obviously you probably are being, you are, uh, exactly just that. Now, I, the top, the term man box is actually really new to me. I was, uh, I'm going through, uh, LinkedIn right now and introducing myself to all my, my connections. I've done a lot of very passive lurking on Instagram or LinkedIn, and I'm really starting to try using that, uh, platform as a tool to start finding more clients for, uh, the coaching business that I run. But to do, um, on that, I went ahead and I really went through a big process of, at first I was just going to do all the people who I didn't know. And, but then I was like, well, no, let's use my network and the people that I know because they're going to have people who they know. And so I expanded it out and it's a whole, a uh, whole mental gymnastics, uh, thing that I did. It was trying to keep from, you know, looking like a fool in front of people who may know me and go, Oh, good God. He's really going to try to be a coach. There was an, a level of imposter syndrome in there. And, uh, it, and so I decided, you know what? There's a level of fear with that imposter syndrome using imposter syndrome as come or the uh, fear as a compass. I needed to let the people who I know also know that I am coaching. So I, one of uh, my friends and that's actually an old friend of mine, uh, when I shot, uh, the message over to her as to what I do, she was like, Oh, great. Cool. Well, I'm, I counsel and she told me what she did. She counsels, uh, sex offenders and they use, uh, and help them get out of the man box. And I was just like, the man box, what the hell is that? And she then pointed me to a couple of videos and a couple other, a couple of sites that to help understand what the man box is. And the moment I saw that, I was just, and first listened to the first guy, Tony Porter. I was like, oh, okay, okay. This is just a different name for toxic masculinity and how men are inherently bad and inherently um, flawed. And so I got the, got my old, uh, got the old dander up, but anyhow, watched Tony Porter and and his, uh, he did a, did a Ted talk and I've got a link to the, uh, I've got the Ted talk listed in the, uh, in the, uh, in the show notes. And you can find those over at, uh, relaxedmail.com forward slash 29. And he kind of talks about what the man box is. And he goes into, uh, goes into some, uh, small stories about, um, how he, uh, grew up as uh as a child in the inner city he grew up in new york and around the, the bronx area and he said that while growing up there he was taught taught that men had to be these several uh, set of items and those items are you had to be tough strong courageous dominating dominating show no pain emotionless except in anger and show no fear men are in charge uh in charge of uh of or see here how do you phrase that? Um, men are in charge, which means women are not in charge and that men lead that you must fall into line and that men are superior to women, uh, and women are inferior men, strong women, weak. Uh, and because of that, women are less valuable than that. They are property of men and all that right there, that whole long string, everything about me was screaming, dude, you're so wrong. You're so off. And I, and 
it was, and that's where I was just like, all right, all right, we're going to have a, we're going to have do a podcast on this. So we got to, um, got to uh, watch through the video and then went ahead and started looking, found a couple of, uh, research, uh, studies that were done about, about the, uh, the man box. And, uh, we're going to be talking a lot about those also. And I'm, I'm jumping, jumping ahead a bit. So anyhow, back to what Tony was talking about. And he goes into stories about how his dad actually, uh, they ended up having a funeral because his oldest, uh, I think it was his oldest, uh, brother, uh, was killed, uh, tragically killed. And at the, uh, at his funeral, dad was there and his dad held in his tears until everybody's, all the women left the, uh, left the limousine. And once they left, he broke down and started crying. And, and he was, uh, said to have, have been apologizing and, uh, for crying in front of him and that, uh, he did and so proud of him that he was holding himself together, that Tony was holding himself together. And from there, he progresses into a, a story about, uh, this girl uh, named Sheila and a, uh, a a 16 year old boy. I can't remember what his, uh, his name was, but anyhow, there was a, a chance where, where Tony was faced with a, a, a chance to be able to have sex with Sheila. And he, because he was like 12 years old, he was like, he, you know, scared, scared out of his, out of his pants and didn't do anything with Sheila, but he put on the airs of that he did from, and so from there he, he digresses down into, and what, uh, the, what the main problems with being in the man box actually is. He says that all men function in the deepest, uh, uh, function in the deepest foundations of what the man box uh, is and that we inher- inherently uh, undervalue women and which makes us see them as objects and the man and, and again, I was just, every time he was talking about this, it was like going, dude, no, you've got so much of this wrong and trying to look at it from his side. And he had, did have a dad. He did have a dad in, in the picture, but while dad was out and during, uh, out working who he was running with is actually kind of the, uh, the go-to guy. And the go-to guy was just, it uh, was a little punk kid who was 16 years old. And he was running around with a bunch of 12 year olds. So you get kind of the idea that the 16 year old kid really didn't have a whole lot of, of his own parental guidance. I think, uh, actually, as a matter of fact, I think Tony actually said his mom and dad died and he lived with an aunt or something like that. But anyhow, he wanted to tie all of his, uh, experiences into what, uh, what is with this man box. And I can kind of see how, where he was, he's getting to at. And in all, and we'll, we'll talk more about, about, uh, Tony at the closer to the end. But anyhow, pulled over. Now let's get back over into my, the study part that I was, I was talking about. Um, as I jump around. And so anyhow, with the different studies that I was, when I was diving deeper into this, um, a lot of the studies that I actually came across were beaten into your head. That, you know, men, again, men are, are, are horrible people who, uh, and that there's a set of, of, of issues that come around. But one of the funniest or interesting, not funniest, but one of the most interesting aspects that I see about this 
is one thing that always sticks out, and I'm going to be guilty of the very same thing right now, is that they stereotype. They People who are so against stereotypes and don't want people to stereotype then turn around and stereotype to their benefit, which is what I'm doing right now. I'm lumping people who stereotype into stereotypes. So it's we all stereotype. I get that. And we have to bust through those stereotypes. And, and so I'm because they do stereotype and they say that all men or the majority of men operate in the man boxes, like saying the majority of other re- ethnic races and their stereotypes are, have a hint of truth. You can argue that back and forth all day long. And that's not the, the, the point at the moment, but it's when you're, Trying to lump everybody into one box, it doesn't work. And you're going to see that this blows out of, uh, gets, uh, blown out of the proverbial box, uh, whenever we go through, uh, whenever we go through some of the, uh, some of the studies, especially the main one that I, that I'm, that I kind of focused in on, which was this, uh, a fairly large, uh, report. It was about 68 pages. It was, I had to read it in chunks just because it was like, going, oh, dude, I, I, you would see kind of see the flaws of each one of these, uh, gender norms, uh, generalities that they were, that were, they were actually making. Um, but I, and I've got links to, uh, to the different, to different studies that I, that I was able to come across. But, uh, according, so, but I'm, let's hold up. I'm, I'm getting scattered here. Let's, uh, let's retrace. And let's start with what the man box actually is. According to what Richmond College says, it's uh, a term that researchers use to describe the uh, dominant form of masculinity in the United States at the time, uh, at this time is known as uh, hegemonic masculinity, which Mark Green uh, in 2013 and others have described as the man box. Well, Mark Green didn't coin the term man box. Uh, man boxes actually was coined by a man named Paul Keevil and he is a self-described activist. So right off the bat, I'm going to, I, I have issues with people who are activists. You're going to be an activist. That's your, you've got one truth that you're going to beat into the, into everybody's head, whether they get it or not. And you're going to demand, you know, you're going to demand that change because you feel that you're, you're right. And uh, activists these days are, I, I personally see as being more of a, uh, more of a noisemaker than anything else. But they did use a, a $10 word in their, in their description. And that was the hegemonic masculinity. What is that? So I actually had to look this up. Hegemonic masculinity, according to Wikipedia, is um, defined as a practice that legitimizes men's dominant position in society and, and justifies the subordination of common male population and women and other marginalized ways of being man. So otherwise, hegemonic masculinity is toxic masculinity, just a different label on the same product. Same with how there's... Uh, Alpha male and beta male descript, uh, labels that, that go around line of thinking. And it's just a wrong way to look at men. Men, there's not an alpha male. There's not a beta male. There's not an omega male. There's, you know, these, 
men are men and there are a series of traits. Yes, we all men share. And some of those traits are a lot stronger than some. Some traits are a lot weaker in some. Same as there are men who are just inherently ox strong. We normally will call them hosses or or something like that. There's just these big guys that have a lot of brute strength and they're also often known as big teddy bears because yeah, they may be big, they may be strong, but they usually have a huge heart. And the fact that they have that huge heart goes against what a, a lot of what you're going to be seeing in or hearing about in this, in this episode. Now, according to one study uh, being, and this is the big study that I actually was reading, went through, and the study is called The Man Box, a study of being a young man in the U.S., U.K., and Mexico. They described it as a rigid construct of cultural ideas about male identity. This includes being a self-sufficient, acting tough, looking physically attractive, sticking to rigid gender roles, being heterosexual, having sexual prowess, and using aggression to resolve conflicts. Now, those are the seven, basically the seven pillars of the man box. And we're going to, let's go ahead and dive into what these um, seven pillars are. And while I'm looking at it, I will, once I go through them, I'll go back and kind of, I'm going to pick each one of these apart. Now, first off is self-sufficiency. They describe it as a man never talks about his feelings. And if he wants to, uh, if he wants respect, he will, he will not, you know, divulge, he won't, uh, he won't uh, share what his feelings are. He will just figure those problems out on their own, otherwise known as man going their own way. The other, another pillar is acting tough. If a man doesn't fight back, it's considered that he is weak and he should uh, act strong, even if he is nervous and, and scared. The third pillar is physical attractiveness. A man has to look good if he wants to be successful. Yet, and this is again where this kind of falls apart, even in how they describe it, you see the, see the flaw. Yet women don't like men who to fuss too much with their hair, clothes, and skin. And if a man spends too much time on their looks, they aren't manly. Uh, it's, if you're going to sit there and try to point a finger at somebody, it's going to be one or the other. You just kind of see some of these, like I said, fall apart right off the bat. And if you just apply just, you know, you know, three brain cells to the, to, to the line of thinking, it's, they, they don't make a whole lot of, uh, a lot of sense. Rigid gender roles, gender roles. Men should, uh, go out, earn the money. Men should, women should stay home, take care of the kids. Boys should have, uh, have to learn, should not have to learn how to cook, take, uh, cook, clean, or take care of kids. I am reading this, folks. Sorry. Uh, husbands, uh, don't have to do the chores. Okay. Well, like I said, we'll pick this apart here, here in a moment. Homophobia, another one that just falls apart. Uh, gay men are not real men, but it is okay to be friends with a gay man. All right. So yeah, hypersexuality, real men should have as many sexual partners as they can and never uh, say no to sex. Aggression and control pillar is real men use violence to get respect and men should always have the final say in the family and they should know where their girlfriend or, or, or wife is at all times. All right. So those are the seven pillars. Now they went through the study talks about they as had 17, uh, little kind of subsets, but they all kind of fell in this one area and the, uh, but because of that, 
of those of those seventeen sub questions, uh, I went ahead and chose to ignore what the sub questions are because they're just ways of being able to different ways to phrase it. And I looked through here because I wanted to see exactly how they phrased the questions, and I really wasn't able to find it. But they did have, and I guess this kind of falls into the seventeen uh, questions. But what they were talking about is. Uh, they had a, came across a, a box of, in my opinion. So I, I, I wasn't able to find exactly how they phrased the questions. And cause I would love to have seen that because you can see a lot of person's mindset by how they ask the question of, and I wanted to see if they were asking the questions so they could actually get particular results, which is honestly part of my, the thought as to why they, they, uh, they they wanted to ask the questions. Mayhem. Some of the questions, like for self sufficiency, that they and you're gonna. I'm gonna give you the results on this, and you're gonna be kind of surprised with uh, with what uh, with what the results are. Now, under pillar one for the self sufficiency, they asked. In my opinion, a man wa- who talks about his worries, fears, and problems uh, shouldn't really get respect. Only. Thirty percent of the men in the U.S. ages from eighteen to thirty-five, eighteen to thirty, something like that, agreed with that uh, with that statement. Also, in my opinion, should uh, men should figure out their personal problems on their own without asking for help? They said forty percent, and we'll you know like we'll, like I said here in a moment, we're going to dive into this and really get that picked apart. Under pillar two, from what I can gather, being the uh, the questions or how or or what they're paraphrasing what the questions were in my opinion a guy and this is under pillar two a guy who doesn't fight back when others push him around is weak and all and only 43 percent now they had a had, did have a majority with this one on uh for acting tough tough guys should act strong even if they feel scared or nervous inside and 59 percent of the u.s men agreed to that 51% of the UK and 48% in Mexico. Now, under physical attractive, attractiveness, it is very hard for a man to be successful if he doesn't look good. Only 47% answered yes to that one. Men who don't go uh, for guys, women don't go for guys who fuss too much with their clothes, hair, and skin. Again, 48% said, uh, said they agree with that. And a guy who spends a lot of time on his looks isn't very manly. Only 40%. Agreed with that one. And as I said, those, the first question, the second question really contradict themselves. And we'll talk, we'll, we'll still, we'll break these down. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. So anyhow, on the, under the rigid masculine gender roles, it is not good for a boy to be taught how to cook, clean, uh, the house and take care of the younger children. Only 28% of men thought that was appropriate. A husband shouldn't have to do chores. Only 20, Two percent, under a quarter of the of the guys asked, thought that that was appropriate or thought that they they agreed with that. Men should really be the ones to bring home and provide for their families, not women. Forty four percent. All right, and then under heterosexuality and homophobia, gay guy, a gay guy is not a real man. Only twenty nine percent agreed with that. Straight guys uh, being friends with uh, straight guys being get friends with gay guys is totally fine and normal. This is a positive statement. Eighty four percent said, "Yeah, that's good." 
So they're blowing themselves out of the water with all, uh, with all the, uh, the results, but yet they're still trying to push the whole, uh, the whole toxic masculinity thing under pillar seven aggression control men should use violence to get respect. And uh, if necessary, only 23% agreed a man should always have the final say in the uh, relationship or marriage, only 34%. And if a guy has a girlfriend or wife, he deserves to know where she is all the time. Now this went up to 46%. And again, I wonder how they actually phrased that question because that's, that's, that's that's rather interesting. So anyhow, now I'm going to let's go ahead and jump over and let's try to start picking a bit of this apart. A man who talks about his worries, fears and problems shouldn't get respect. Now, that is inherently wrong and the the results show it. Only 30% of of men agree with that. Now, the reason why most men think that is because if you're sitting there going, oh, I don't know, I'm, I don't think we should do this. We had a guy. I, or let's, we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about Piglet. Now, Piglet was is a guy I used to work with. And he only worked at uh, the trucking company that I was at for a short amount of time. And the reason why I call him Piglet is because he was this little bitty guy, and he was scared to death of everything. You tr- get him into a truck, and we had to be getting someplace. It took everything to get him to get to the speed limit while driving a truck. He's like, Oh, this is just too dangerous. This is too dangerous. While, uh, you know, it's like, dude, you've got to pick up the speed. We've got to get to where we need to be. We have a time limit. We've got a schedule. We've got to get there. Well, it's just, I don't, it's just, uh, he was just scared to death of everything. He, when it come to taking a turn, even if the turn was, didn't have a, a drop in, in the speed limit, you know, where you had like a 45 mile an hour curve or anything like that, he would still slow down to like 45 miles an hour to, to take a, to take a, 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 a turn. It was, and he was scared to death of everything. Being afraid of everything does get in the way. You're not going to be able to succeed if you're sitting there worrying about every little thing that happens in your life. So are you going to have as much respect if you're scared of everything? No, you're not going to have as much respect. You're, cause you're, you're letting an emotion run your life. We, and we're going to be talking about stoicism down here in a little bit, but there are time and a place for everything. And if you're sitting there being worried and wringing your hands over every little thing, you're, you're not getting anything done. And that's where the lack of respect comes into play. You, if you want to have respect, you've got to start being able to take action. You got to have integrity. And if you're worried about what every Tom, Dick and Harry out there is saying about you, or you're worried that something's bad's going to happen, you're not going to take the actions needed to be able to get the respect that you want. So there's a, is there, does a man who constantly frets and worries and, and fears his, uh, fears what's, uh, that something's going to happen is going to have respect? No, he's not. In all reality, he's not going to have the respect because he's too busy worrying and being tucked into, crawled into a corner of, of a, of an office, you know, just being a, just not being, a person of action. And when it means to be a man, you are being a man by taking the actions needed within your, uh, that are needed to, to achieve what your goals are. Now, the second question, men should figure out their personal problems on their own without asking others for help. Well, a lot of it is, 
Again, you don't want to go to your boss every time. You want to take, be autonomous and uh, to be a respectful person, to be able to be self-sufficient is needed. You can't just sit there and wait for someone to give you an order and go marching out to, to do whatever, uh, to, before you take action, you have to be able to be self-sufficient enough to go out and do the, the hard work that is needed. A boss doesn't want to stand over you, lord over you and go, all right, you're going to clean the uh, counter. And then once you're done cleaning the counter, you're to go dust the shelves. And once you're done dusting the shelves, I need you to work out the TPI reports. And when you're finished with that, blah, blah, blah. When you're done with that, blah, blah, blah. No, you need to be self-sufficient. You have to be self-sufficient. And if you don't have self, not self-sufficient, then no, you're not going to be a respected person. If you're having to be told when to go to the bathroom, when to do this, you're not being a man. You have to be able to make the decisions on your own. So yes, self-sufficient, being self-sufficient means you're being a man and it's not a bad thing. Now, pillar two on acting tough. A guy who doesn't fight back when others push him around is weak. Well, there's a good chance he is. If he's not going to stand up for what he believes, then apparently he is not confident enough to take a stand on that. So again, if you're going to be respected as a man, you're going to have to fight back. Now, what their definition of fighting back is, is that calling someone out for doing something wrong? Hey, don't be, put the candy bar back on the shelf. You don't, you're not, you're not going to take that without stealing. That's fighting back. That's in all reality is fighting back. You want acting tough and commanding authority doesn't mean you walk up to someone and say, I'm the boss and sock him in the nose. But when it comes to time where the rubber meets the road, you have to be tough. You have to be able to speak and to command the respect that is needed for what your expertise is. And if you're going to just stand around and uh, uh, make say something, uh, speak up, and then when the guy goes, well, what'd you say? Oh, nothing, 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 and, and cower away and going to be a, a, a coward, you're not going to get the, the respect you need. So that's why that level for um, was uh, the percentage rate was only 43%. Guys do have to fight back when they see something unju- uh, unjust. They have to speak up. They have to be able to take a stand. And to t- take a stand means that you may have someone come up and actually literally bloody try to bloody your nose. And is that worth standing up for? That's why people go to war is because we went to war because, well, depending on who you talk to, we went to war to, because we were to, to free the slaves. We went to war to fight fascism in World War II. We went to war to fight, uh, the, uh, the conquering uh, because our allies, our friends asked us to go and we, jumped into World War One. We go to wars because of what we stand for. We told Saddam Hussein, hey, dude, you're not invading Kuwait just because you feel like it's something to do right now and you you need to flex a muscle. And we stood up. We acted tough. We got in their way uh, of oppression. And that's what men do. So do my men have to act tough? Yes. Um, to be a man, you need to be tough when the time comes. Now, to walk around and to be a douchebag and stand and have your chest inflated out at every moment of the second of time and to not listen to arguments is just you being an ass. 
You're just being a dick. You're being a douche. You're just, you're not even, you're not any, you're, you're overcompensating in your insecurities. If you're just walking around, just trying to pick a fight with somebody because, well, you think you think you need to pick a fight. That is not acting tough. That is actually in all reality, being a weak man. Now, should a guy act strong, even if they feel scared and nervous inside? Hell yeah, they should. That is part of being a man. There's going to be a time when somebody's trying to break into your house. Guess what? They probably are going to have either a gun, a crowbar, or a bat, and they're going to be prepared to use it as a weapon. So if you're scared, are you just going to cower and let them rape your wife? Are you going to let them, are you just going to cower in a corner and let them just take all the stuff that you've worked hard for? No, you have to act strong even when you feel scared. When you're nervous, there's a lot of times being nervous is just a sign of fear. And fear these days, as you've heard me say multiple times, means that you don't have, uh, you have a, a, a worry and you're just letting your amygdala take over your logical part of your, your brain. You're going to be scared. You're going to be afraid. And if you cower to that, to that nervousness, you're not going to be self-sufficient. So yeah, I'm glad that there are 59% of the guys who should feel that you should act strong, even if you are scared or nervous. Now, what I think they're actually, and I'm trying to go inside of a person's head and we are humans are horrible mind readers. I understand. But what I think they're trying to say is you're not sharing what the, the emotions you, uh, you're feeling. If you have a, a, a problem with something, do you speak up or do you just act tough and go, no, no, no. If there is a worry to have, then you should speak up about that. Now, when it comes to physical attractiveness, I found this one entertaining. It's very hard to be a man, for a man to be successful. He doesn't look good. Well, duh. How many successful men do you know of who are run, you know, multi-million dollar businesses and look like they just walked in off the street. How many? Anybody? Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? Answer? None. They all look nice. They all have themselves dressed nicely. They take care of themselves. Most of the, most, uh, people these days are trying to take, get themselves into physical fit, physically fit. And so to, that's part of looking good. Now, women don't go for guys who fuss about their clothes, hair, and skin. Well, on all reality, they don't, but they want a man who looks good. They want a man who looks like they're confident. Now, I don't get the whole man skin care stuff that they put out these days, but I'm, there's what we used to call pretty boys that like to have, and I'm not talking about gay men. I'm talking about guys who took extra duty care. And so, yeah, they spent three hours in the bathroom getting themselves ready to go outdoors. We gave them a hard time. Now, that's probably what they're talking about. Are guy women who want don't go for guys who fuss too much for their clothes, and if you're uh, their clothes, hair, and skin, but also I think it probably is also because if you're anything like my daughter, it takes you a little while to get yourself ready, and so the longer a guy has to be in the bathroom getting himself ready, it takes it long. It takes longer for uh, for the wife to slap on her makeup and to get her hair done up and to put on that on that dress. And that's one thing I wanted to point out is when it comes to they're looking at physical attractiveness as being a kind of a bad thing, or at least that's how I'm perceiving this to be. And women want the very same thing 
in this department as men do. You're not going to have a woman go into the into the office, be successful, and look like a frazzled mess. Men are not going to go into a, are not who go into an office in a wrinkled suit and hair undone, unshaven. It doesn't look good. It doesn't look right. It doesn't look professional. And you want to be able to look professional. So yeah, I'm actually surprised that when it comes to physical attractiveness, um, that it's not a little bit higher. Now there are those lines of men out there who think that I'm a man. I should, I, I, I look the way I am just by naturally going out. And I'm kind of that way. Do I do a lot with my hair? No, most of the time I wash it and it just kind of sticks up any which way it wants to. But when it's time for me to go and to look nice for my wife, when we go out uh, amongst the town, I'm going to comb my hair. I'm going to drag a comb across it and see if I can get that damn cowlick to lay down right. But whenever I'm just out working, I, I what I do is I drive a, a truck as the day job right now. And so, yeah, my hair kind of has a tendency to just hang out where it wants to hang out. And I like the kind of, especially when I have a, a decently short three month haircut, which is, you know, kind of, uh, it's actually, it's, it's more of uh, the Roman hairstyle. So it's just a very short, just kind of keeps it nice and nice and short and, and, and clean. It just kind of is that slightly, you know, slightly kind of, I, I, I'll use punky style to use an eighties term. Now, women don't go for guys who fuss too much with their clothes. Well, okay, they may not want guys to fuss a whole lot with their clothes. And I know a lot of women who don't want men to, you know, to be in there putting on a a skincare regiment. And there's not really much of a skincare regiment men men need. Well, there's not really much of a well, women need more because of the makeup that they apply to their face. And so it does a lot uh, to counteract the the chemistry on their skin. But we get a lot of our exfoliation because of our natural inherentness to shave. When we drag a razor across our, our face, we're also exfoliating, ta- dragging off and, and slicing off the dead skin cells that are on our face. And so, yeah, especially when you haven't shaved in about three, four, five days and you go to shave and, oh, you've got such a baby smooth face. No butt face jokes, though. And so... We, we don't have to have that much of a regiment. Yeah. Once you get fit of shaving, you may slap on some aftershave, just a skin conditioner, just something to kind of tighten the pores back up. But it's, there's not much as guys have to do. Now there's a lot more. There's a lot more stuff coming out that for guys. And yeah, there's a whole, there's men's skincare regiments, which I, again, I don't understand why, why we need it, but you know, if there's, there's apparently a market for it and guys are buying it. There's most of the things, I, most of the soaps I buy, I go for because I like the more kind of uh, cedar, sandalwood types of smells. I like that manly smell. There's nothing wrong with having a manly smell. And uh, if uh, Squatch soaps, uh, Dr. S- uh, Sass- uh, Dr. Squatch, I think is what it's called. If any of their soaps want to start uh, start sponsoring this, I, I have no problem. I will go ahead and start offering uh, sponsorships, <laughs> and I I think I think their stuff smells great. Uh, Duke Cannon, another one that uh, can does a really good job of having some wonderful smells because I like smells. 
I don't know many men who don't like good smells. They want to smell the can the the more manly scents. I actually have uh, air freshener that's called wood. It's got like three different types of wood smells. Smells incredible. I love it. I have a uh, have a candle setting right here by me, beside me called firewood and saffron. Smells incredible. I have a can another candle that is nothing but uh, I don't burn it, but it's. It's uh, leather. It's a leather smell. That's a manly smell, and I like the smell of it. And I'll just take the cap off just to smell the candle. I like smells, and I like manly smells, and I don't mean the body odor style either. We there's too many manly smells that come come uh, come to mind that are not pleasant. So, but a guy who spends a lot of time on his looks is uh, is was the third one, and it's a guy who spends a lot. Of, is it very manly? No. It's that's not right, and that's why it's the out of all of them. That's the lowest uh, percentage of agreement at only forty percent. Men can be manly, and men are manly, even if they do shave. Men are manly if they let their beard grow. Now, some guys let their beard grow and don't do anything with their beard, and I find that to be. I personally don't find that to be a a good thing because it's the same as unkempt hair. It's, you never can tell. You may chrome through there and flush out a rabbit sometime. But I, I like seeing men who have a beard, have a full beard, even if it's a, you know, a long one, if they take care of it and brush it out and stuff and it looks like it looks great. Awesome. But if they can't keep their hair, that keep their beard combed, it looks like a mess. And no, guys are not going to be very successful if they look like a mess. And your success is an important part of a man. It is a very important part of, to a man's identity. Now, let's go down to pillar four. And the three questions they asked here was, um, do you agree if it it is not good for a boy to be taught how to cook, so clean uh, the house, take care of younger children? 28% agreed with that. And those are probably the 28% who also uh, tied into the guy who spends a lot of uh, spends a lot of time on his looks isn't very manly. There are guys who even think that it's too womanly to use toilet paper to wipe their butt. It's disgusting. All right. There are guys who are out there who do, who are just nothing but the quintessential slob. All right. There are women who are the quintessential swab, slobs, swabs. They're, they're slobs there are people who are slobbish. All right. They're just, dirty they just like to be they don't care to be kept up kept up and a lot of the people who are very unkept also are in the lower uh in the lower income brackets and that be, is because you take care take pride in yourself that pride that you have in yourself is going to shine through in what in, in what activities you do so I completely forgot where I was going on that one. <laughs> I don't know how I got back over on the physical attractiveness, but anyhow, yeah, wow, I, I went on a tirade, and <laughs> I love it when that happens. Sorry, guys, I just I, I went on a tirade about something about the unkemptness of beards and and things like that. And but anyhow, so the three uh, for the uh, uh, for the three questions on it's not good for a boy to be taught how to cook clean. Uh, the house and take care. Oh yeah, I see how I got there because twenty eight percent goes up to the to the forty of who looks manly. Ah, see, I found I got myself back on track. Um, so, but anyhow, there are slobs, and 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I love it whenever I lose track of where I was going and then finally circle back around. But yeah, <laughs> so we got, yeah, there are guys who are going to be the slobs or, and so they're going to be, but the, the, this is not a real problem because men, boys do need to know how to cook. Obviously, there's going to be a time in their life where they live on their own and they're going to need to know how to do more than just boil water. All right. They're going to get tired of eating ramen noodles day in and day out. And they're going to get tired of eating lettuce sandwiches when they have enough money that they can go and buy a, a chunk of meat and cook it out on the grill. You're, these are skills that you want to learn how to do and you want to be able to, do, uh, to, to, to work. Sewing again. I know how to sew. I was taught how to sew. People, men know, need to know how to sew. And the reason why I'm, I, I'm sewing right now, I'm actually, um, sewing on some, uh, some extra straps and stuff to my, to my, uh, to my backpack because I want to be able to hold a larger, uh, uh, larger sleeping bag if I want to take it out on, on days that are not quite, uh, not quite hot, but not quite cold either. There's a little range in there and I have a, I have a Coleman sleeping bag that I just absolutely love. It is just r- great when it comes to room. Uh, it's long enough for me, gives me a little room, more room at the toe box. It's great. But to clean the house, there, there's a reason why we clean the house and it's not because it's the woman's duty. It, it, we clean the, uh, we clean the house because if you don't, you're, there's, you're showing the, uh, the, uh, what you kind of think of yourself. If you have a dirty house, you're, you're inviting the uh, possibility of vermin into your house. You may have uh, a cockroach problem. If you have a dirty house, you may not. There's times where you just have, you know, you somehow roaches have decided to set up a uh, camp in your house and you're going to have to get rid of them. And that come, but even when you're cleaning out, uh, pests in your house, that is again, cleaning the house. There are things you have to do. Take care of younger children. Well, everybody knows eventually a man's going to have a, have a child and you are not going to be able to connect with that child unless you actually hold them and you're in that baby's life, uh, all the time. Now, a want man shouldn't have to do household chores. This is, I think where this, this particular question crops up from. And it's the lowest out of them all, 22%. Men know they have to do chores. But what are the chores that they're actually referring to? Household chores do include mowing the lawn, taking care of the yard. The household chores also mean making sure that uh, the, the roof doesn't leak. Doing Taking care of the household chores means unclogging the toilet if uh, if. Your, your two year olds, uh, unrolled a whole roll of toilet paper and thought it was fun to stick it into the toilet at the same time without flushing. You know, all these, there are chores that men have to do. There are taking care of things. Now, I think what they're meaning is like sweeping and, and doing the dishes and things and, and things like that. And again, one of the first things us men realize is that if you want to be able to have uh, have some regular nookie from time to time, you want to go in there and beat the wife to make to doing the dishes. Go in there and just take it upon yourself and get the dishes done and let so she doesn't have to do them. That's just that's you know we 
we go in and we do the chores. We help out around the house. Now, is there, are there times that when we get home and we're tired from, uh, we went out, we slayed our dragon for the day and we come home, sit down. We do, we want to relax and, and unwind for a bit before we have to dive into, you know, the chaos that is the, that is our family. Well, yeah, we would like to. And that's one of the reasons why some men go slow on the way home. They take the long way to, uh, to the house so that they can unwind because they're expected the moment they walk in to suddenly, Hey, you take care of the children. I've had them all day. I can't take them anymore. And I'm, and, and the, they're thrown everything, all the, all the chaos that back into a world of chaos that is the house. Now it's not saying households are chaotic all the time, but there are times when, yeah, it's the, your, your blushing bride has had a, a very trying day and, and the kids have, have found that last nerve and have been gnawing on it for, for half the day. And maybe it, those are the times when you, you do, you take up the kids and you tell your wife, Hey, sweetheart, why don't you go sa- grab your best friend Sally and y'all go out and go grab some, uh, go grab some food. I think y'all, think you need to have some alone time. I mean, women want to have alone time just as much as men do. So do men shouldn't have to do uh, household chores? No, we know that's bull crap. We do have to do home, uh, household chores. And we also know that and expect that the wife does her, her part in making sure the house is taken care of. And so that's a victim mindset, set a question. Um, Cause they're, they're going at to the, uh, the stereotypical men, men get home. Women should have done the, do the chores at the house. Well, no, because when we got, a, even before modern society, men had their chores. They got the, their, their kids up and went and did the chores, which was feeding the cows and milking the cows and feeding the horses and, and, and feeding, uh, feeding all the barnyard animals and then going out and making sure, walking the fence, making sure that nothing's, uh, the fence hadn't fallen down. The neighbor's bull hasn't gotten into the pasture. You know, all these things that we, as a rural, uh, family, you still have to do. The rural angle of what it means to be a man is that men have to do the chores, do chores. Now, are they household? No, but there are, as a married couple, you habitually divide the chores up. In my house, I'm the one that does the uh, does the laundry. I'm the one who mows the lawn. My wife, she's the one who goes off and pays the bills, and she's the one who starts to do the dishes. I usually will jump in, and I will help do the dishes with her. But we're we ha- there are these rigid gen- ma- masculine gender roles are in all reality non-existent. And they, the results from here show that. Men should really uh, be the ones who bring home, uh, bring the money home and provide uh, for their families. Yes, absolutely the men should go out and provide for the family. Unless, for whatever reason, there is a, a place where either A, they are not able to, they're living in a place where they have both families, uh, both members of the family, should uh, uh have to go out uh go out and earn a living. If that's the case then okay, so both in agreement go out and provide for the family. They both go out, they both work and provide the family, but if the but if if there is a choice between should the man go out or should the woman go out? Well, 
there's actually reasons why it's good for men to go out. Besides for the fact that when it comes to, comes to um, providing for the family, women are naturally better caregivers. Now, guys, when it and I'll I think I'll be going into this as a as a podcast episode somewhere down the road. When we teach our sons how to be tough, we teach our sons how to take care of ourselves, but also. Us guys, because we are masculine, we have a tendency to show our t- sons how to be, you know, that b- how to be tough. Yeah, there are times when we, when they're crying because they don't get what they want, and that's when we tell them, "Hey, you need to stop the crying. What are you crying about? You're not getting your way. Boo-hoo, get over it. You know, boys don't cry. You know that thing that the feminist all, oh my god, you know, that's that whole." Those talks we do have. There are times where we teach our, are out to teach our sons. There's no reason to be crying about this. And we have a tendency that when we're doing this, we are very one-sided. Men and women are very, are two halves of, of a whole. And so the, the, the mother, the wife of the, of the, uh, the family, She's actually there to help the boy understand compassion, understand empathy, understand the, uh, the other half that they, that people, uh, men need to have. They, we need to know how to be, when to, to not beat our chests and when we need to get down on the child's level. These are all important things that we have to be able to do. And I knew I was going to go along. We're already in an hour. And I'm only on pillar three and I haven't even gotten to everything else. <laughs> so this is going to be a long one, guys. I actually, I may end up, uh, uh, once I get finished this, I think what I may break this up into two parts. So anyhow, so there, there are responsibilities that, that men do and there are responsibilities to what, uh, to what women do. Guys, um, should bring home the money. As long as the family is in agreement. Now, there are times and there are instances where the man stays home and takes care of the kid and the wife goes out and, and makes the money. And a lot of times that's again, because the wife's skills that she brought to the table, brought to the marriage, brought to the, to, to this partnership, this, this union uh, that we call marriage is that she earns more money. And if that's the case, then fine. She can go out and she can work and she can bring home the, uh, bring home the proverbial bacon and he can stay home. There's nothing wrong with either of those. It's just if there have been times where I've known, I've got a friend or I had a friend that we actually, uh, we have parted ways, but there was a time where he wasn't stepping up. He just wanted to hang out at the house. He didn't really want care to go out and to, to make a, earn a living. He wanted to just stay at home. And the, uh, the wife of the, of the couple, she was out working and she was just working at a, at a fast food restaurant. She wasn't able to really, she really didn't have the skills to bring in more. And so it would have done good if he was to stay home or to go out and earn. And there was in Western Oklahoma, there is a lot of opportunities for guys to be able to earn, you know, $50,000 more. And because he chose to stay home, he was, there was a lot of, of 
animosity and and begrudgment that was developing within within her because she's knew that she was having to do a lot more of the of the financial lifting than she actually needed to do she saw that he had the opportunity to be able to make go out and make you know fifty sixty thousand dollars a year and really elevate themselves but he didn't he chose instead he wanted to stay home and hang out with a with a, a guy who he also deemed uh, thought of as his friend and play games and 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 just kind of hang out and you're like well didn't he clean well he cleaned a little bit but i've seen the 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 woman when she decides to go into cleaning mode it's you know there's literally dust flying everywhere because she is she de- she doesn't just clean she deep cleans every time she cleans so there was because there was not an agreement uh, an actual agreement where she was to uh she was making all uh, going to be make all the money she there was uh, a lot of animosity that built up and they almost ruined their marriage and thankfully they moved away and got away from a a, a bad influence in his life and he's i believe he's gotten himself into a better place but because of that, that's one of the reasons why he's no longer considered a close friend. We're now back down onto the acquaintance level because I knew he was falling down on what his job was of providing for the family. And he, and because of that, of that disagreement, that's where we kind of parted ways. So there, I, men should, uh, uh, let me re- for, repeat that one more time. Men, should bring home the money because that is a actual good construct. We, it gets us out of our wives' hair for one. And two, it allows for, for us to develop our, our, an identity because men are, have our identities ingrained in with what we do. I don't call myself a truck driver, I call myself a coach. I identify with the work that I'm wanting to bring in, though I do drive a truck from time to time. So anyhow, we're still, we're, this, like I said, this thing's going along. So let's go to pillar five. A gay guy is not a real man. Again, this is down to 29%. Is a gay guy not a real man? No, I actually know quite a few gay men who I would not want to get into a fist fight with. They would kick my tail up one side, down the other. And I, if I was to have done something to warrant that, uh, that ass beating, I probably really did deserve it. Um, a lot of times, no, I, I don't have yet to see. Now there's are different, uh, elements of gay men who wane closer to the feminine side. So would I call that a real man? Well, I, that's, I guess that would kind of be up for discussion, but I know a lot of, uh, a lot of stereotypical, uh, gay men who like in, uh, the, what is it called? I think it's called the blue oyster in the blues brothers or anyhow, where, you know, in the blues brothers, where they go into the, into the gay bar and it's a whole bunch of, bunch of, of, of rugged uh, manly men who were just happened to be, have their butter, uh, or the bread buttered on the other side. They, I know a lot of gay men who take the level of masculinity and crank it up to 11. That's, 
it's same as with guys. You've got a range. You've got straight men who are just a little, you know, just a little more on the feminine side. And you've got straight men who are just all in all, all in all, just, you know, it's, they live, breathe and, and exist in nothing but pure testosterone. It's guys choice. It's who they want to be. The other question was used straight guys being friends with gay guys. Totally fine. Again, 84% of the guys of this agreed. So uh, the whole man box thing keeps falling apart on this. And I've got friends who are gay. My best friend in high school was gay. Now, when in high school, we didn't know. And that's, we're going to be talking about bullying down a little bit and we'll be, and, and that kind of, and we'll, we'll get, like I said, we'll get into, and a lot of, uh, a lot of the social, quote unquote, social st- constructs later in, on, on, in this. But, um, all right. So I'm going ahead and I'm cutting it off here at the one hour mark for, uh, for the first half of this. Uh, this will actually be continued next week. So to be continued. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, as you can see, this is just something that I'm really passionate about. If you happen to like what's being said and then you're, uh, you're, whether you agree with it or you don't agree with it, uh, if you could go, if you're on Apple Podcasts, if you go to the Apple Podcasts app and go into, uh, Relax Mel's page and give me a rating and a review, this just helps people to be able to see and understand whether whether or not most of my podcast episodes are good and kind of lets people gives a a social cred for the uh for what uh whether or not this is actually a listenable podcast or not if uh and if you are on a an iPhone or even a, or Apple podcast you can also go to relaxedmail.com forward slash podchaser and that is P O D C H A S E R. That will act, that will actually direct you over to the Relax Mail Pod Chasers uh, or the Pod Chaser and to the Relax Mail page that's on there. That and there you can also leave a rating and review. And I would really love to actually have you give a rating and review there because I think their service is absolutely incredible. And being the IMDb of, of a podcast is a, is a worthy goal to aim for. And I hope that they are able to do that. They're starting to try to get themselves integrated in a lot of places. Really cool stuff that their pod chaser is actually doing. So, um, but I, I know I didn't do a question of the week. We're not going to do another one next week either because it, the show literally does end up going for two full over two hours long altogether. So we've got an hour to this week and then we're doing an hour next week and finish it up next, uh, on, uh, for episode 30. So I appreciate you, uh, listening and understand that if you happen to, if you're needing, um, somebody to, you're agreeing with a lot of this and you're feeling that you are being trapped in the box or you want to break out of the man, the, the, out of the assumptions of what the man box is. Um, there's a lot of different ways that you can do that. Um, if you are wanting to be able to connect, uh, with your son and be with and, and understand your son and develop the relationship with your son on a close, on a deeper, more, uh, more, 
uh, emotional level and be able to help guide him so that he becomes a strong and confident actual man when he grows up, then I have got uh, several different packages that you can actually uh, uh, do and you uh, partake in and you can catch those over at uh, relaxmail.com forward slash coaching. But if you want to have a group set, maybe one-on-ones, not really your kind of really your cup of tea, but you know that you are wanting to improve who you are, you can also go to relaxedmail.com forward slash mastermind or the dash conclave. Relaxedmail.com forward slash the dash conclave. And that'll take you to the conclave of men. That's a men's group that I run that helps uh, helps men to actually become the greatest man they can be in their life. All right. So that's all I've got right now, guys. Thanks again for listening. We will see you next week for the rest of the episode of, uh, in episode 20 or 30. So you take care. Thanks for listening. Stand strong. Talk to you later.